0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. This is episode 337. We've got sound bites. big Chillians, and welcome back to the big chill podcast I'm Frank joined as always with Sam and Eddie how's it
1: going boys yeah not too bad fairly quiet week based on compared with last week I guess so obviously Sam comes back to Paris tomorrow so for the third time since we started this podcast some of the co-hosts are actually going to be seeing each other in person
2: oh man you are just loving to just pile it in there every time we meet it's going to be a slight dig at you frank
0: that's all right i'm going to a good horse racing festival that so
1: yeah no i'm i mean you're off to the breeder's cup sam won't go to the rugby with me on saturday because he's got a date so
0: you know He's going to be in a scrum of his own.
2: <laughs> 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 a little bit of rocking over. Yeah, just more knee burns. Ah, no, you've got to wear pads. That's that's kind of how you sort it. But uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to coming back to Paris. Should be good. Um, shame it again invite for the Breeders' Cup though, Frank.
0: <laughs> no, that's a completely false statement because it's on record on the <laughs> podcast that you were invited. <laughs> Yeah,
1: no, it's been an interesting week. I mean, I would classify this as been the week of assholes, right? If we want to s- swap straight into the NFL, although San- Frank, I know you got a topic for us. I don't know whether you want to do that before or after we leap right into people making. Yeah, let's
0: let's start off on a on a more fun note before we jump into some uh more annoying and depressing football stories that lead us into our picks. But so we always. Like to play the guessing game. And one of the things we always guess on are highest paid athletes, most Instagram followers, things like that. Well, a new list came out of the highest paid athletes of all time, inflation adjusted earnings. But this is career earnings?
1: Yes. Oh. How far back are we going to, like, theoretical ancients? You know, are we going to throw in gladiators into this or something where I'm going to have to calculate what the-
0: <laughs> Everyone on the list is still alive.
1: Okay. All right. That's, a, that's, a, that's actually a pretty big clue. Because I might have yeah. thrown, like, Muhammad Ali or something in there, perhaps, and ruling him out.
0: Now, I'm still not fully sure, because I just saw this. I haven't actually seen the link for it. It says highest paid, but I, I'm thinking endorsements are part of this. Cause I'm looking at some of these numbers and I don't think they could make sense without endorsements.
2: So basically money received as a sportsman or person.
0: Wow. What a misogynist,
2: yeah, what an really absolute hilarious. misogynist i've let myself down i'm sorry i'm sorry everyone. second time in the sorry week listeners. second time in the week that you've
1: made the same kind of statement what was the first you said uh CTE? Got to no it's some, something things. about businessmen specifically oh yeah that looks like the kind of place businessmen would go or something but not in i can't remember the actual usage but it was it was it was such a misogynistic expression i mean you know you're the kind of guy who would fall for the yeah. and the doctor was his mother
0: <laughs> that is <that's> so <laughs> <laughs> And yes I can I can, can confirm it's career earnings endorsements salaries prize money winnings everything
2: how how would you want to do this uh, probably the, the same way we do it with it, every other yeah. quiz
0: <laughs> was that like a pinky all the, right Sam, pinky you in the give the me moment, 3 understand. names <laughs> But you have to say them in reverse name order. <laughs> um, how many, wait, how long is the list? The list goes to 12 or 13.
1: Can you tell us exactly how long it
0: is? <laughs> we'll just do 10. Okay. the top. I 10. have 13. Let's, let's see if we can pick the top 10 out. Okay. Sam, you can go first.
2: I mean, just, just thinking about kind of... Uh, I'd go Michael Jordan.
0: Michael Jordan is number one on the list, $2.62 billion.
1: Okay, then, I mean, yes, this includes endorsements. (laughs) Yeah, I said it it includes endorsements. No, I know. I said it did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because his career earnings playing baseball were only something like $100 million. So, undoubtedly, that's... Currently,
0: $144 million are his career earnings adjusted. Um, So, I'll go Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is number two, $2.1
2: billion. Wow. Okay. Thinking of people that have been around a long time. I'd go, I'm going to switch sports again. Because, wait, Tiger Woods. You've only picked one. <laughs> You've only <laughs> had one pick. This, so. is,
1: this is a huge <laughs> preamble for your second pick. If your call is by, by the fourth pick, sports. I'm going to be falling. Just say a name. <laughs> Just <laughs> he's, he's that,
2: ran out right. of athletes <laughs> I'm, d- I'm done I'm stalling I'm delaying for time uh, Roger Federer
0: Roger Federer is number 10 1.12 billion
1: by the way Frank I'm going to give us a little bit of live editing on the podcast you might want to turn your game down slightly I think I
2: I actually heard as turn your game down like you're calling <laughs> like turn your game down
1: the uh, okay So wait, wait, where was Federer? Number 10. Wow. That's amazingly, uh, I'll go Messi.
0: Messi number eight, 1.14 billion. So 0.02 billion more.
2: I'm going to switch boards here and go Kobe Bryant.
0: Kobe Bryant is number 13. That's why I said so there are no the... deceased players <laughs> in the top
2: 10. That. Oh, that's a good point.
0: But also... So I right. legitimately
2: looked at that. Reopening, <laughs> reopening that wound. Okay. All right, so
0: I'll go LeBron James. LeBron James is number seven on the list, $1.17 billion and a bad Space Jam reboot.
2: I don't think that really helped to aid the scenario. But, <laughs> um... I guess I'd go Cristiano Ronaldo as Messi was in there.
0: Ronaldo, one point two four billion dollars and one hell of an Instagram account. There's <laughs> picks for days.
2: Why are these quantified <laughs> second parts to the money? Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods, <laughs> two billion and a great nine iron.
0: No, a great video game. Come on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a crashed car. Uh,
0: Serena Williams. Serena Williams is not on the list. Sexist pigs. In fact, out of the top 25, there are no female athletes on the list.
1: Sexist pigs.
2: Wait, who's been sexist here? The, the people list. that adjust inflation? Society. Or? The Just world, the, Sam. the world. The world. Just the economy. Just the economy. i go David Beckham. That's
0: a good David one. Beckham, unfortunately, is number 12 on the list. With a measly 1.05 billion and an annoying friendship with James Corden <laughs> that knocked annoying. him off the list.
1: Um, this is kind of hard now at this point to think yeah, I'm, I'm sure we're missing some very yeah.
0: obvious ones, but it's Tom Brady, it is very tough. Tom Brady is not on the list. He's not in the top 25. Do you want
1: to just fill the list out for us then, so that we don't? I,
0: I'll I'll just give you one hint for for. I think I think two wrong go. each.
1: I think two wrong each. Okay.
0: It's game over. I was gonna say golf or racing, because number three is Arnold Palmer at one point five billion. Number four is Jack Nicholas at one point three eight billion. Number six, Floyd Mayweather at 1.2 billion. That one you should have gotten. Oh, why
1: was Arnold Arnold why was Arnold Palmer in the list?
0: Arnold Palmer is number three at he died one point five billion dollars. He died in he's 2016. Defi- he's
2: definitely dead. <laughs> I forgot that Arnold Palmer's dead. <laughs> He lives on in a drink, yeah, right? Yeah,
1: he'll, he'll never be forgotten, but still, he's definitely dead.
0: <laughs> he's not forgotten for me, because I think he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies for that one.
1: His family, they were just, oh my god, Arnold's still alive.
0: No, no, he's dead, he's dead.
2: No, he's on a list. Frank said he's alive.
1: <laughs> so wait, I think I i got lost in the Arnold bomber. Can you please finish the list? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Number one, Michael Jordan. Number two, Tiger Woods. Number three, Arnold Palmer, RIP. Number four, Jack Nicholas. Number five, Cristiano Ronaldo. Six, Floyd Mayweather. Seven, LeBron. Eight, Messi. Nine, the one you did not get, Michael Schumacher. 1.13 billion. Is and he number alive? Number 10, Roger Federer. <laughs> oh, I just checked yes. he is. I, <laughs> I just mean, checked.
1: Qual- you have to check? Quality of life. Is he alive? It's up for debate. <laughs> Is is the carrot like... in my fridge currently alive? I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh, you said Ooh. everything about vegetable, really? Then didn't you?
0: Yeah. So Michael Jordan worth two point six two billion. And have you? Been... How much do you think he actually has in his accounts? Oh, I think he's all right. Even with his
1: gambling problem, I think he's all right. Yeah? I think he's just making money hand over fist. I think it doesn't matter. I think that would be part of the problem that you'd really have a gambling problem externally because you just, he'd be making money faster probably than he can even spend it. So I don't know what level of bet you then need to place to have it be remotely interesting.
0: I will say, I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I feel as if Floyd Mayweather kind of flirts on the, is he living comfortably or is he... And he has made 1.2 billion dollars. And to think that someone could be a few years away from overspending and being close to having to sell some of his assets is insane.
2: <laughs> well, when you buy your entire entourage like supercars, that's kind of kind of gonna drain the bank. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, again, if you' speaking of dollars, supercars
0: in Las Vegas. okay should we start there
1: we start with rugs the lead, the most depressing of the stories we were going to cover we we dive right
0: into the deep end there so so sad it's, it's, <laughs> it so for th- it like those, it infuriates me
1: <laughs> so for those not familiar with the story uh rugs the vegas raiders wide receiver at about 3 years old yeah three thirty on sunday morning was driving somewhere and crashed his Corvette into the back of another person's car. At the moment of impact, he was driving at over 120 miles per hour. And just before impact, he was driving at over, so he was driving at 120 miles an hour when his airbags deployed. He was driving at over 150 miles an hour not long before the impact.
0: And then he. This was in a residential neighborhood as well. This wasn't on like a major highway. Not that it makes a difference, but it's almost inconceivable that you can get that fast on a residential street. It's crazy. Well, that's what that's
1: what his friends were saying to him, and he said, "I'll show you wrong. Challenge (laughs) accepted." (laughs) Um, And he also blew over twice the legal limit in Nevada. And unfortunately, and very sadly, the woman driving the car, the young woman, I think she was only 23, died as well as the dog that was in the car with her. And he is seemingly only had minor
0: injuries. Yeah, I mean, I don't it's kind of gruesome. I don't want to get into the details, but she wasn't dead to start. That's like what's the car then caught on fire. And she died from the fire because they could not get her out in time before the car just caught on like a massive explosion the video it the car almost like explodes in the video it's insane
2: wait, wait, wait. so you don't want to go into the gruesome details yeah because there's a little more to it actually <laughs> so he's been released by the raiders if i understand correctly
1: yeah i think it's fair to say so in in nevada there's no probation for uh killing someone whilst driving intoxicated. So he's facing two to 20 years in prison. It looks like it's an open and shut case just based on the fact that they, obviously they know he was driving, the speeds he was going at, the level, how intoxicated he was. You would have to imagine he's certainly not even getting the minimum. So I wouldn't go as far to say his NFL career is over because the NFL has shown itself overall to be a pretty forgiving league with people who've done some pretty horrific things. But certainly his career with the Raiders is over for now, and it will be
0: several years before we see
1: him in the NFL again.
0: Yeah, the judge who posted his bail said that it's the fastest he's ever seen a car in an accident in his career. Like it's one of the most horrific accidents he's ever seen, like the statistics wise.
2: It's pretty insane how you can be driving 120 and only have, like, minor injuries yourself. That kind of feels, like, pretty pretty insane.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's credit, in a sense, to the safety of standards in cars and and how well. (laughs) I guess he had a seatbelt on, you'd have to assume. So he had some sense, I guess. It's just mind-blowing to me that people earning the amount of money that he is earning. I mean, it's unacceptable for anyone to do this, to get in a car and drive when you've had too much to drink
0: is unacceptable no matter who you are. Or, or drive 150 miles an hour in a residential street. Look, it's unacceptable <laughs> to drive 150 miles an
1: hour anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. Like, even if you're on a motorway, um, it's not acceptable. But yeah, to combine those. But to, to me more, it's just how you don't have the common sense or people around you you know, I'm assuming at some point he wasn't alone, and so that someone wouldn't have said to him, "Hey, like, leave the keys. Call yourself an Uber." That's the well. He was
0: the... he was with his girlfriend in the car.
1: Okay, so yeah, you would have hoped that out of two, one of you would have had the common sense to say, "This isn't what we're doing right now."
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, we've talked about this several times, but I just don't understand as an athlete the amount of money you make how are you just not Ubering? At at the worst, doing what the whatever the nice Uber is, that would be like your limit. You know, but in a grander scheme, how can you not just have a driver on retainer? I mean, it's not that expensive. For the amount of money he probably spent on that night out, it would have been nothing compared to just getting a private driver to pay $150 to drive them around. It just I don't get it. He's probably has more money on his watches than he does he would have spent five years of hiring a driver it's crazy and eddie you made a great point that teams should be instituting this yeah i would think if i was the owner or
1: general manager of a professional sports team and just given the fact that you have athletes who are prone to making young athletes with a lot of money who are prone to making dumb decisions i would just give them all access to an uber business account and tell them look if we find out you were driving after midnight even if you weren't intoxicated you're getting fined like that simple there is no reason for you to be driving yourself after a certain time of night unless you can tell us it was an emergency i was taking my wife to the hospital you know like there are circumstances where you might let it slide but now even that policy can only go so far you're not with them at the time so you can't stop people from doing stupid things but yeah all around but i mean hey the good news is that uh Giants wide receiver, Kadarius Tony weighed in on the action and said, we young, everybody makes mistake, mistakes. Y'all looking at the situation like this or that, cause it ain't y'all having so much to say. He know he messed up. Don't drag him for it. That's goofy to me. Just pray for the families involved. Pray hand praying emoji, hundred emoji.
2: That's insane. That That's just so insanely tone deaf at the, at the idea that somehow this is like some sort of system going against him or something like that. It, it's kind of, it's also again, that point of like having an Uber account just to stop people doing this. It's almost like a social media manager at these clubs that'd be like, can no one talk about this? And if you do. Oh, I'm sure they got told that.
1: I'm sure they got told that. And judge the head coach of the giants had to make a statement in front of the team and then a public statement in which he he said we need to think about what we say and consider whether or not we talk about certain subjects but again a lot of these guys are idiots and they won't be looking at this situation they won't be looking at this and saying he's probably his friend right or someone he knows he's not thinking about the fact that someone died and you can be rightfully criticized for this isn't just a simple mistake like it's not him just getting pulled over twice the legal limit and you say look we all make dumb mistakes he got away with it this time kind of you know like this didn't happen this is a a mistake with massive massive irreversible consequences
0: yeah for i mean for sure you know It's, you're right. It's one thing to be driving under the influence, which isn't acceptable, but to be driving under the influence and driving in the, the way that he is driving is absolutely insane. And that is, I mean, you're literally risking your life and someone else's life at that point. Even if there's no one else on the road and you're going 150, 160 miles an hour, you're risking the person in the passenger seat's life. I mean, that's crazy.
2: It's not the, the most comical thing, is it? Like you look at like Hugo Lloris's drunk driving, right? When he got found and vomited. That was, that was the comical side of what could be tragic. But this yeah. is just the absolute I mean, reason.
1: That's the thing with a lot of DUIs, right? They're, which is part of the problem. They're amusing when you either get away with it totally or when you just get a ticket. There are aspects to it that can be a little bit funny when you see the video of someone getting out of their car and stumbling thing to think about is the fact that obviously there's massive dangers and risks associated with it but you know it is funny to have a story of Hugo Lloris getting pulled over by the police and throwing up as he winds his window down but the (laughs) the reality is it's not funny right it's it's the same thing that Ruggs has done it's just he was lucky enough to either not do something quite as dumb or to get pulled over before he was able to do something just as dumb But moving swiftly on, maybe from incredibly Wait wait
0: did you see also another tone deaf tweet? did you see David Carr, brother of Derek Carr, his tweet after that was it's a pretty similar also one to just Tony's, as bad right? yeah, it was basically um my it was like mark my words. Derek Carr is still gonna win the MVP even after all of this. Now or like now that this has gone down, wait and see just how good he still is or something like that. It was really bad. Yeah, it's not good. It's not smart. But
1: as we've seen across also the former Giant player. <laughs> <laughs> And look, we're going to get on to later in the episode, right? We're going to get on to another former Giant player whose family didn't do him any favors with their own social media posts. So it's going to be a little bit of a theme, I guess, across it. But moving on from an incredibly depressing topic to a slightly depressing topic in terms of touching on the pandemic that we've obviously all been touched by over the past two years. But Aaron Rodgers, who will be missing this weekend's game against the Chiefs, the biggest slice of luck that the chiefs have had all season. One might even say evidence of perhaps an NFL wide conspiracy theory to have Mahomes and and the chiefs make the playoffs, but testing positive for COVID seemingly, I guess we can make lighter remarks about it based on the fact that he appears to be perfectly healthy. But the thing that was confusing about it was that he had previously implied that he was vaccinated. However, it was immediately clear that he was not vaccinated because as soon as he tested positive, they announced that he would be missing the game. Had he been vaccinated, he would have had the possibility of having two negative tests before the game and being able to play. So the fact that they immediately ruled him out was an
0: indication of the fact that he was clearly not vaccinated. Now, he said he those... was immunized. That's, that was his exact wordage. I will play his
1: exact words
0: for you right oh. now. wow. Aaron, you said you like to learn as many things as you can and hang in any conversation. Are you vaccinated, and what's your stance on on vaccinations?
1: Yeah, I've been immunized. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of conversation around it around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements, and I made statements, owners who made statements. Um, You know, there's guys on the team that haven't been vaccinated. Uh, I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. That is such an incredibly misleading statement because not only choosing to use the word immunized, which I think most people would think of as being a synonym for vaccinated, is misleading, but also saying that he's not going to judge those guys. So (laughs) So he's not going to judge himself. yeah, but, but <laughs> yeah, speaking about it, but putting very clearly speaking about it, is that it was a different group. Uh, yeah, I'm just, not going to
0: judge myself. <laughs>
1: and the sad part about it too, right, is there were some clues, I suppose, as to the fact that he wasn't fully vaccinated. In that he's he's one of the players who has to wear a mask, like you do see him on the the sidelines, and he has to put his mask on at times, like when the game ends and things, which is because of that but you can never know maybe that's just his personal choice and supposedly some of the Packers players within the facility have been asking why he was wearing a mask in while they were watching game tape and stuff but the thing that is a little bit strange is that he should have then then been wearing a mask during his press conferences and or he should have been doing his press conferences remotely those are league rules neither of which were the case so it doesn't make the doesn't make him look good, it also doesn't make the Packers look good because they should have been forcing him to do that. And it just he just looks like an asshole. I mean,
0: yeah. I mean, he I I read a a pretty good article today that he should be suspended. I mean, the fact that he has gotten away with going against the protocols and the Packers seemingly know. So either he should be suspended, the Packers should be heavily fined, or both. Because I will say, not, nothing to do with, the, with COVID and the vaccine and, and, and all these rules and regulations, but the fact that every other player and every other team has been following these rules and it has affected other teams for their players who aren't vaccinated and have to go through these huge hoops for them to just be like, nah, it's Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to deal with it is complete bullshit. If I were on a team with a player that wasn't vaccinated and had to do all the extra shit for that player because they weren't vaccinated and then seeing one of the most high profile players in the NFL not be vaccinated and the team not caring, I'd be so pissed.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a slippery slope if you're a team, because you you'd to, you have to make sure you had dotted all the, all the I's and crossed all the T's before you started calling out other teams for not perfectly following protocol. So I guess this is a little bit of the risk here. We don't know. You know, Aaron Rodgers is high profile enough that when he tests positive for COVID, people then are looking back and seeing, was he following protocol? That probably wouldn't be the case if the Packers backup left tackle had tested positive for COVID. So the I, there might be a situation here with teams where it's just like, we don't want to encourage them to this, the level at that level of scrutiny, but it's just, I lost a lot did. of respect for him.
2: Yeah, didn't it come out as well that he petitioned the NFL for like alternative treatments that would like consider him on a level of vaccination, which kind of adds like another level of being an asshole essentially to this whole thing. But also, isn't um, not uh, Jordan Love, but the third choice QB for Green Bay is positive for COVID as well, and it it starts to make me think of those like COVID um, protocols that they brought in about like if an unvaccinated player brings it into the group and then it spreads like that's the basically they're they're getting
1: right well they're getting close to that threshold i guess but they're not i guess that was the issue right it was uh, there was all the kind of undefined outbreak characteristics of that but i mean yeah look he's already he's obviously a little bit cuckoo with his homeopathy or whatever it is he's doing that he thinks is curing him and protecting him from all the ills in the world but and that's part of what bothers me like Kyrie Irving, we can kill for having stupid positions on stuff. At least he has the balls to make clear what his positions on there are. Or or Beasley, the wide receiver with the Bills. He's an idiot, but at least he's true to himself and comes out and makes the statement as to what he believes in and opens himself up to be scrutinized and debated. But in the Aaron Rodgers mode, which was I want to sort of skirt – slash flirt with the rules but at the same time i want to make it seem as if i'm following them so that no one really questions what i'm doing i think and he's too smart right there are players who you might listen to that press conference and think that either they didn't understand what the differences in the words were or that someone you know they weren't doing it intentionally but aaron Rodgers is too smart to think that when he was specifically getting asked are you vaccinated? And he says immunized back. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he thinks he's, he's got away with it in the,
0: I haven't said I'm vaccinated. I mean, it's, it also blows going. my mind with the, like he's against the vaccine, but yet he does homeopathic medicine, which is literally a pseudoscience. <laughs> and one of the things they do is for instance, if you have like, irritable like skin conditions they'll treat your skin with dilute amounts of a toxin like poison ivy to build up your immune system so he won't get a vaccine because he's probably gonna claim like he's getting covid but yet he'll treat his body with toxic substances to defend them it makes no sense
2: isn't isn't that the thing with homeopathic medicine is that they treat you with the yeah with like really dilute
0: dilute amounts this is just yeah, what like, Frank. This
1: is just what Frank said, Sam. Yeah. No, but
2: it's like you said, like poison ivy. But it's like, so does that mean, like, if you're being treated for COVID, they would actually give you the tiniest bit of COVID?
0: No, they would probably give you. I would say they probably give you some similar virus that would boost your immune system. But but the other thing is, it's they give you like such dilute amounts that they're not actually even giving it to you. So it's really not working in the first place. In most instances, it's just like. The fact that that's what he's buying into, but isn't buying into legitimate science that people are going to win a Nobel prize for is insane. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just that
1: way in general, right? It's the idea that people can find some unqualified kook or watch a YouTube video or read something on the internet and they think that they can inform themselves to the degree where they will doubt people who have dedicated their lives to understanding complex subjects. It's, it's mind blowing. But, and look, and what also bothers me about people who do that is Aaron Rodgers would not tolerate someone watching, I don't know, a quarter of an NFL game and then sitting down with him and saying that he has the same level of credibility when it comes to analyzing other quarterback performances or telling Aaron Rodgers why he's underperforming. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, no, no, no. I can apply that to other people and their expertise, but in no way would you ever accept that being done to you.
2: I'm pretty sure, Eddie, you're the guy that says, "Give you a couple of months."
0: <laughs> no. Eddie and Aaron Rodgers would not get along. <laughs>
2: Here's no. the thing: is,
0: I
1: will consistently say, "Give me a couple of months for sports-related topics." I'm not saying, "Give me a couple of months and I'll win a Nobel Prize." There is there are limits. I'm not going to perform brain surgery a couple months from now, no matter how hard I work. Well, not successfully anyway. True. That's right. Nothing will stop me from actually just sticking the scalpel in there. But
0: So now, Eddie, I ask again. We've asked this a few times. Who would you rather get a beer with, Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady?
1: <sighs> well, now I'd kind of love to sit down with Aaron Rodgers and have a beer now and debate this. If I think that he would actually have the discussion, that would be the thing. Do I think he would, like, I would love now to have a 30 minute discussion with Aaron Rodgers and actually talk about this subject. So I'm actually going to still put Aaron Rodgers there. But there's the risk that he isn't interested in having someone talk to him about the subject.
2: You could, is my guess. Halfway
0: through, do you go, like, your brother was right? You're an asshole. (laughs) I bet your
2: brother's vaccinated. That
1: would just be. (laughs) Yeah.
2: <laughs> you could get him the um, in the Mitchell and Webb sketch show, you know, where they do the homeopathic beer. And it's basically just a pint of water with like a single drop of beer in it. So you get him a nice homeopathic beer to swill it down. But the thing with the Packers, right? They're seven and one. And now they've got the Chiefs. He'll miss the Seahawks game as well. So theoretically, they're going seven and three. And I wouldn't necessarily say Jeopardy. Okay. Much, Hold on, no, but... no, no, no.
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. Wait. Jeez.
1: <laughs> I mean we yes, haven't gotten to I our think, picks yet, Sam. So yeah, not to give away, I think they will now lose to the Chiefs. But I I wouldn't go so far depending on what we see from Jordan Love at quarterback this Sunday. I wouldn't go so far as to say that they'll lose to the Seahawks. I mean, the Seahawks are atrocious. Has like, has this opened the door for Jordan Love? Um Maybe if he performs really, really well. But I mean, I'll save some of this for the picks, I guess. But oh okay. are talking about a guy who hasn't played football, a competitive game of football, in two and a half years. So I don't know how comfortable I feel in picking him and expecting him to immediately come out of the blocks and put in a an impressive performance. But yeah, look, if he if he does a white this week and throws for 400 yards and then follows that up with a 400-yard performance against the Seahawks, then maybe if you're the Packers, you consider that you're going to lose Aaron Rodgers anyway. The, the tough thing for them is they're Super Bowl contenders. That's the tough thing. So are you willing to pr- probably, even if love is pretty good, are you willing to give up on your chances of winning the Super Bowl it would be an example of maybe cutting off your nose to spite your face, and equally pissing off the entire team because there'll be other players on that team thinking, "Great, you've because the organization doesn't get along well with Aaron Rodgers, you've taken away my chance of winning a Super Bowl, and you could do a lot of damage to the relationships with other players by making that kind of decision." And then I guess we can move on to the the third asshole. Of the week, who in comparison with the first two, probably, you know, he pales in comparison in terms of what he's done. But as alluded to earlier on, Odell Beckham Jr., his time with the Cleveland Browns appears to be over. He is now being told to stay away from practice. This comes after, in the lead up to the deadline day, For trades, his dad releasing a video that showed every time that uh, Baker Mayfield had either missed OBJ with a throw or flat out ignored him in circumstances when he was wide open. And then also LeBron James coming out and saying free OBJ, which LeBron James continues to have this weird relationship with the Cleveland area in that at times he steps back in as if Cleveland is the most important thing to him on earth. But then at other times steps back in as if he does not give a shit at all. And so for him coming back to say that a single player who, okay, maybe is his friend, but is bigger than the Cleveland Browns team that he occasionally claims to be a fan of, even though he also, I think, claims to be a fan of the Dallas Cowboys at times it's, A weird relationship that he has with his home area because i know you'd say akron is his hometown but but yeah i found the fallout to the obj incident to be interesting people say some people coming out and defending him and saying it's a problem with the coaching and baker mayfield and also saying that obj shouldn't be held responsible for what his dad does To me, it's impossible to believe that he wasn't aware of what his dad was doing. And more to the point, even if you can come out and kind of say, hey, look, it wasn't right. My dad's just worked up over this and he cares a lot about me, but it wasn't right for him to come out and do that. Like There would be a way to do that to kind of try and defuse the situation, which he hasn't done at all. Do you think we will ever see him play for the Browns again?
2: Um, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think when you kind of get the, the Browns to kind of say, like, stay away from practice, et cetera. But I, I don't know if it's even justified. I mean, you look at May, Mayfield's stats, he's only got, what, like six touchdown passes this season? So is it kind of just not working for any of the receivers rather well, than it just being a focus of OBJ, right?
1: So if you take that stance, I think OBJ and his camp would still argue hey if it's not working for baker mayfield then that's a baker mayfield problem but i'm getting criticized and more importantly if it's not working for baker mayfield with a wide receiver group why isn't he targeting me more when i think i'm the best wide receiver in the league and undoubtedly they're not targeting i think he had one target in or two targets i think in the game of the weekend One of which he didn't look great when he chickened out of going for it. He ass
2: tried to catch it, yeah, with one hand while turning the other way. Coming down, yeah,
1: yeah, which turned out to be a crucial drive, right? Because that was a go-ahead drive that would have won them the game. That would have put them, I think, around the twenty-yard line where he chickened out. It was right before Landry fumbled.
0: Yeah, but
1: so yeah, so Mayfield
0: responded. Do you have that audio? You want to play that one, Eddie? No, I don't have that queued up. <laughs> All right. He said deliberately not throwing the ball to an extremely talented player that I've done a lot of work with. It's an opinionated statement. I'll say that. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't. I just don't think. I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both. Of Mayfield isn't a hundred percent, but I. Agree, I'm sure Odell is open on plays, just like every wide receiver in the NFL is open on a bunch of plays that they're not missed every game you watch. There's at least a dozen times where a player is wide open and the quarterback can't get to him. I mean, it's tough. It's not easy, you know, but when I have seen Odell play and like the player referring to where he, you know, made a bad attempt to try and get the ball. You see that a lot and that's the part I think you can't see is in the mindset of a receiver, like when I watch Cooper cup, he goes hard every play, you know, and whether he gets the ball or not, it's the same intensity, the same commitment and everything. Whereas when you watch OBJ play, he takes plays off for sure, a hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's the type of thing that you don't want to see. And that attitude is infectious. I mean, he's best friends with the other main wide receiver on the team. So there's definitely going to be some influence there. You know, it's. I think you just got to cut it loose. I'm very surprised they didn't trade him or they just couldn't get anything for him at this point.
1: So I think the issue with the trade is no one really wanted him. And in particular, because he would have actually cost a decent amount of money this year. No one wanted him. So I think he has $8 million in guaranteed money for this year remaining, but next year. So at the end of the season, they'd be able to waive him and not take a cap hit. So, in all likelihood, you'd have to guess that they're just going to sit on him until the season's over, although at this point it doesn't make any difference so that you could see them cut ties. I think when you look at good, well-run organizations in the NFL, and if we kind of think of the Patriots as being the prime example of a team that has found ways to always put individuals and egos behind Team goals and interests there's no way bill belichick still has him on the team he's long gone traded cut whatever it is bill belichick would have cut him in the middle of a game if he thought he was being detrimental to what the team was trying to achieve i mean he is very much living off past reputation at this point like if all we'd ever seen of obj was the stuff he'd done with cleveland which okay is one thousand yard uh season but fundamentally a lot of injuries and a lot of drops, a lot of unimpressive performances there's no way anyone even cares about this storyline it's just the fact that four or five years ago he was having some pretty good years with the Giants and he has one of the most iconic catches in the history of the NFL Take, I mean really take that catch away and this is a much smaller storyline
0: yeah and it's uh... It's slightly depressing to watch because, I mean, you look at his first three years in the NFL and he was on pace to be one of the best receivers ever. I mean, three years of 1300 plus yards to start his career with at least 10 touchdowns in each one of those three seasons. I mean, that's amazing that those are great statistics. And then, you know, from there, it's kind of just started to go downhill where the issues of his character and his emotions letting him you know dictate his play and then yeah you're right he went to the browns had an okay season but it was, ever since then he's just never been the same so it's it's it's, it's also injuries right which we can't yeah. overlook it's
1: not even just his mindset or his work ethic he has been plagued by injuries for the last five or so years even before he left the giants right so he is not the same athlete that he was three seasons into his nfl career and so that there's a reality check that he needs to do as well. That he's not as quick. His athleticism, in terms of making the same spectacular catches, is, is not the same. And so, I mean, he's not a top twenty wide receiver in the league. If he if put, I don't even know if he's a top fifty wide receiver right now. And if if there were teams out there who thought that he was a top fifty wide receiver, he would have been traded.
0: Yeah, especially like the Saints. Their team now, Michael Thomas out for the year. Don't have that many great receivers. Well,
1: I think the Saints wanted him, but they wanted the 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 Browns to pay for him.
0: But I mean, if you really wanted him, right?
1: No, no, exactly. But I think they wanted him, but it was like, no, no, no. You pay the eight million dollars, which is like reminiscent, right, of that line in Moneyball when he's speaking to the player in the batting cage, and I'll cue it up.
0: You have that. You have that line.
1: (laughs) The guy has the ego and he says, you know, I'm the highest paid player on the team. I'm going to get these numbers wrong. But he says something like, you know, you're paying me $8 million this year to, to play for your team. And he's like, no, the I'm only paying you $2 million. The Yankees are paying you $6 million. So that's how much the Yankees think of you. They're paying you $6 million to play against them. And the Browns were effectively asking him the, 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 like to have the same situation with the Saints, with Sean Payton. I don't know. I guess we don't see him for the remainder of the season. He's it also for the Browns, I guess. The fact that their season isn't going that well helps because it's not like they're probably they're probably not Super Bowl contenders. So these kind of decisions aren't as big. I I do think that Baker Mayfield has looked good in the way that he's handled it.
2: Yeah.
0: So, I mean, yeah. so
2: his so overall, his response has
1: been
0: great. So overall, you think Odell Beckham's Cleveland steamer days are finished.
1: It's gonna be sad for you. Are you you're probably the most upset about this? <laughs> What's the team that you would most like him to land on so that you could make poop references easily? The
0: LA Rims? <laughs> well, the Texans are crap, so you can just go there. <laughs> you can just have the whole the whole roster sit on his chest. <laughs>
2: i mean the pittsburgh steamers <laughs> a good one.
1: yeah but then it's the cleveland steamer right so it's still ri- rivalry steamers oh yeah oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note should we switch from reviewing the assholes to the week to purdue Purdueing? Previewing the <laughs> it's games. <all> about per- <laughs> no, I said per doing as if we we're previewing the games for this week. Now I know Sam will take over when it comes to the the lines in us making our calls, but as usual, I will do a little catch up on how things went last week. None of us had catastrophic weeks. That being said, this was across the board the worst week for the three of us combined it was a tough week it was a tough week it was a week in the nfl with the most upsets and surprising results and it is reflected in our predictions so sam and i both went eight and seven money line frank you went six and nine money line sam and i both then went eight and seven against the spread And once again, I don't know quite how you managed to do this, but having gone six and nine money line, you managed to go nine and six
0: against the spread. (laughs) (laughs) My guess the spreads are so good. It's so funny. Every week I have the capability to win the eight for eight and I have not come close yet. So that's the frustrating part is I can get at least nine right a week against the spread, but I can't predict what those nine are even close. Like, it's not like I've gotten seven in a week. I've gotten five is the most I've ever gotten. (laughs) So
1: this takes the overall standings. Moneyline, I am in the lead with a record of 80 and 42. Sam's in second with a record of 79 and 43. And Frank, you're in third with a record of 77 and 45. Then against the spread, Frank, you are in the lead with a record of 71, 54 and 1 for Sam is in second with a record of 63 58 and one and I'm in third I have an with eight of...
0: game lead
1: you have an eight game lead yeah and I'm wow. in third with a record with 62 59 and one. I think the more shocking thing isn't that you have an eight game lead. it's the fact that you're only uh, you're only six games behind your money line predictions <laughs> <I> think that's <laughs> I think that's the shocker. But in comparison, Sam and I are—I'm 18 games behind my money when it comes to comparing my money line against the spread. So, yeah, you are you are Mister Spread. I thought that's Sam's (laughs) nickname. No, (laughs) Sam's Mister Spreadum. Close, but not quite the same. I'm
0: Mister Pick'em He's Mr. Spredham.
1: (laughs) Nice to meet you. I'm Sam Spredham. And then speaking of that, Sam, why don't you give us the lines for this week's games?
0: Uh, I don't know if Sam enjoyed that or not, but it was too good to pass
2: up. (laughs) Kind of just, when you're used to it, you don't really enjoy them. You just kind of understand them. Um, Jets. At the Colts, Colts are ten-point favorites. Uh, anyone here for some Mike White magic, or is that one trick pony done?
0: Oh, interesting! You should have um, flipped that magic, Mike White.
1: <laughs>
0: they might, might not have lined it either, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, damning. Very damn
1: Um I'm. I'll keep this simple. I just think the Colts. Are, I mean, I'm not going to be deceived by one good Jets performance, I think, over the course. You know what I'm going to say over the course of the season?
2: But they are who we thought they were.
1: And I'm going to take
2: the Colts. Oh,
1: <laughs> I'm going to take the Colts to win and to cover this.
0: <laughs> as much, Eddie, as much as I love that, because that is your phrase, I would like you to replace that with the first time you've used that reference.
2: And just play that. So people won't even know you're playing a recording. <laughs> he doesn't even talk in the pick anymore. It just, he just says that. And it's just assumed. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of exactly the same. Like, the Colts have a really good pass rush. They can score pretty quickly with deep ball as well. Yeah, so Colts can cover.
0: I'm going to go the Colts to win here. Uh, Part of me really wants to take the jets to cover just because 11 is a lot but i think back the colts beat the niners by 12 and they beat miami by 10 and i think both of those teams are better than the jets so it could be done i'm not this is not a confident one but i'll take the colts to cover
2: uh falcons at the saints and the saints are six and a half point favorites
0: i
1: don't get this line this to me seems like such a huge overreaction to the Saints having beaten the Bucs last week, but I mean, I don't know what their quarterback situation is. Is Tyson Hill supposed to be healthy for this game? Yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if the prospect of Tyson Hill playing an entire game is good. On that basis, this is I'm going to go for an upset here. I'm going to take the Falcons with the points. I'm going to take the Falcons to win. This is a week when the Falcons try and trick us into thinking that they're an actual okay team and then they just fall off a cliff for the remainder of the season.
0: So I'm going to go with the Saints here and I will overreact a little bit to the Bucks win. And I think it's an overreaction. I don't think it's much of an overreaction because I think their defense is solid and it's legit. Their offense was never really good with Winston or not. They were ranked 29th. In offense with Winston so it can't get much worse Um and you know who knows maybe if they have Hill back and Simeon they can kind of do what they were doing with Winston and Hill and put them back and forth and maybe that trick play kind of mentality will, will infuse some more some more points but I think the Saints defense here is what's going to step up so I'll take the Saints to win the Saints to cover
2: yeah I'm 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 with Frank. I I think the defense will do enough here. Like it it would be much easier pick if there was a answer at QB, but pff, there isn't. I still think the Saints will win, so I'll take them to cover as well. Um, the Bills have another high spread, so the Bills are the Jags, and the Bills are fourteen and a half point favorites.
0: This is my survivor pick, so obviously I'm going to take the Bills to win, and I will take the Bills to cover. Um, they've only failed to cover or push twice this season and they've won four, they've won all five of their games by at least 15 points. So I don't expect that to be any different. And the other side of the coin, the Jags have lost seven of their 10 by at least 14 points. So when you combine both of those, I think the Bills should cover this game. You could see what happened what was that last week when they looked like it was going to be a close game and then the Bills just kind of pulled away at the end and made it a 2-3 score game. So you could see that happen again maybe, but I think they can cover this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of put the Bills, we've seen this with other teams in the past. We saw it, last, I mean, yeah, last week, where there was 3-3 three, three at halftime, something like that, but just the prospect of trying to shut them down for four quarters, sooner or later, they're going to have some big plays and they're going to score a few touchdowns, and I just don't see how the Jags can keep pace with them. So I'll take the Bills to win and the Bills to cover.
2: Yeah, um, exactly the same. I think the Bills have such an easy um, ability just to pull away very quickly and whenever, really. So I, I I think this will be a bit of a procession. So yeah, Bills to win and cover. Um, Browns are the Bengals, uh, and the Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, as, as we've already alluded to, the Browns' offenses are firing. Maybe the Bengals were a little bit found out by the Jets. It's an intriguing game, I I think, because it's a real good gauge on where these two are. But um, what do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think in some respects, this is one of the most interesting, now that you have Aaron Rodgers out of the Packers game, this might be the most interesting game of the week. I'm going to take the Browns. I feel like this is a little bit reminiscent of how I felt with the Raiders post-Gruden There is a possibility here that the Browns really rally around each other and that this is the rallying cry they needed to sort out some of their issues. On top of it, too, they've been plagued by injuries over the course of this season and some of those players are becoming healthy again. So, And they'll kick themselves for the way they lost the Steelers game. I think the really annoying thing from that Steelers game is that they should have just rested uh, Mayfield for one more week, which is something we actually spoke about the week before. But that Keenum could have got them the win against the Steelers, and then you could have had a healthier, not healthy, but a healthier version of of Baker coming into this game. But I'm just not convinced or sold on the Bengals, and I think I think the Browns are the better team. And I think OBJ being gone is meaningless because he's done nothing all season. So yeah, Browns to win, Browns are the points.
2: I mean, yeah, both coming off losses, but you know, even even that Bengals loss, even though it's frustrating, you know, they still got 31 points. You know, they got 41 against the Ravens, 34 against the Lions. So they're still a really good scoring team. Um, and I've just got a feeling that they will win this game simply. <laughs> it's dumb, but simply by It's got a feeling. It's got a feeling. No, no, no. I just, think, I, ju- I just think they have more on offense at the moment, to be honest. So I'm going to take the Bengals and do cover.
0: For me, I'm going to go... With Sam here and I'm going to go at the Bengals. So besides that Chargers game the Browns played that was the what 45 42 game that was the my worst ever pick in picking an under probably in my NFL betting career. It was done by the first quarter. Besides that game the last four out of five games the the Browns have scored 10 17 14 and 14. Now I know their defense is good but I expect the Bengals to put up over twenty points, and I just don't see the Browns. They're just not a high scoring team right now, and it's it's scary. And you're going to have to be a high scoring team against the Bengals, and the Bengals have a good defense too. So I don't expect this to be, you know, oh, the Browns have been playing good defenses, that's why they're not scoring. I think the Bengals have a decent defense, so uh, oh, really? I'm going to take tell that yeah.
1: tell that to White
0: the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> White's an anomaly. Magic Mike lit him up, but I'm going to go Bengals to win, Bengals to cover. Or with the points, I guess.
2: Uh, Broncos at the Cowboys. Cowboys 10 point favorites. No Von Miller at the Broncos. Dak Prescott's back. For me, this is a pretty easy one. I think they'll crank up on offense with that Von Miller loss. So, yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys into cover.
1: I'll be quick. Yeah, I think the Cowboys are pretty consistent machine so I'll take the Cowboys to win Cowboys to cover better defense better offense I'm assuming Dak is back for this week although it didn't seem like it hurt them that much to have him out last week but yeah I'll take them winning cover
0: same uh Dak should be back even if they're not uh Rush played pretty well Broncos were a bottom 12 bottom 10 defense anyway even before Von Miller left so they're gonna be even worse now uh, I think the Cowboys will put up another 35-40 points and the Broncos cannot do that. So I'll take Cowboys to win, Cowboys to cover.
2: All righty. Uh, Raiders at the Giants. And the Raiders are three-point favorites. I mean, for me, like the, the Giants just are so banged up as a team at the moment. There are just so many injuries. And I, I think the Raiders are actually playing pretty well, even though they're a bit of a mess off the field. So I like the Raiders here. So I'll take them to win and cover.
0: Yeah. I- Raiders, two straight wins coming off a bye. I know they have that travel to the East Coast, might screw them up kind of thing, but uh, I just think the Giants are kind of a little bit in disarray with these injuries, and while they did play well against the Chiefs, I think the Raiders right now are a better team than the Chiefs, so with that mindset, I'll take the Raiders to win and to cover.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot of doubts at the moment as to who exactly will be turning up for the Giants on Sunday as they've had some outbreaks, right? Covid Covid positive tests, which supposedly, the uh, might be false positives because they've the second tests have mostly come back negative, but yeah, I think the Raiders are obviously not a great week for them with what's happened with Rugs, and so that's a question mark that is impossible to know how they will react to that and what what impact that will have on their offense and them as a team. But I think the Raiders are actually pretty good, so I'll take them to to win and to cover
2: uh vikings at the ravens and the ravens are six point favorites do you think the um like buys are always good when you get thrashed right and the ravens obviously got thrashed by the bengals so i guess this will probably help them but um you know vikings got pretty creamed by the uh, cowboys last time out so does it affect it at all
0: yeah i mean you you guys know my motto right always take a good team after a loss Especially when they're coming off a bye with that loss. No, but I'll, I'll take the Ravens here. This, though, to me, is the Vikings trap game. This is when everyone looks at this game, says the Vikings couldn't even beat a backup QB and look pathetic doing it in their attempt. How do they have any chance against the Ravens? And then this is the game they win. It is a classic Vikings trap i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the bait and i'm gonna go with the ravens to win the ravens to cover they've won four of their last five post by games and two of those uh were or er, by a combined margin of 60 to 20. so they're very good off the bye um and they've won two of their last three games this season with 16 plus points so i i they're a pretty high scoring team except you know one or two blips uh, i i I think they can pound the Vikings here. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, it falls into the category of a good team coming off a loss, extra time to prepare specifically for this game. You just don't know what you're going to get from the Vikings. So I wouldn't pick the Ravens here with any exceptional confidence, but I'll take them to win and to cover and just think that their bad performances always feel like more of a blip than the Vikings' bad performances do. So yeah
2: yeah i'm kind of in the middle of what you both just said i think the ravens will win but it's one of those where i i feel like the vikings are a yo-yo team
1: no no feelings on this one sam
2: no i'm starting to realize that we all just need to um like record sound bites of ourselves doing these things so i'll just say it's just a feeling for you know 15 games frank will just say i'll take a oh, team you... off a of bye week and you'll well,
1: I, we could have some sound well sam you could
2: just use this instead I got a feeling. He did it. I mean, it's not me, but a Lou.
0: (laughs) Eddie, I was literally going into Facebook Messenger to text you to say for next week, can you get the I've got a feeling clip and play it the next time he says it. But you have impressed me, sir. You have very much impressed me.
1: Thank you. I put that together in base between when you last said I got a feeling and now. So pretty pleased with the speed I was able to do that.
2: (laughs) I'm glad you two have a little bromance going on. It's nice. Uh, But anyway, I'm taking um, the Ravens to win, but the Vikings to keep it close. So I'll take the Vikings with the points. Um, Patriots, three and a half point favorites against the Panthers.
1: I got a simple rule. Christian McCaffrey, if he's not involved with the Panthers, I'm not taking them. He is officially off the IR, but whether or not he plays this week is still a question mark. He's almost certainly not going to be heavily involved, even if he does play. So Patriots win, Patriots cover, not thinking twice about this one.
0: Yeah, I've got a a rule about the Panthers as well, a little different. It's never bet a quarterback who sees ghosts when he plays the opposing team. And that's the category Sam Darnold falls into when he plays the Patriots. He's thrown six picks versus one touchdown in three games against the Patriots. It's not going to get any better here. As much as it pains me to say that the Patriots will win and now go over 500 because I don't think they're good, I'm going to take the Patriots to win and to cover, and they desperately will need to win this game because their schedule is pretty tough coming up and they'll be lucky if they win three more. So if they want to make the playoffs, this is a must win for them.
2: Yeah, nothing really to add. I think Mac Jones is pretty consistent. I think the Patriots are okay on defense. I just think they're better than the Panthers. So I'll take the Patriots into cover as well. Uh, Chargers at the Eagles, and the Chargers are two-point favorites.
1: This feels like such an overreaction in a line. I'm not a big Chargers believer. I know I've said that all season. So it didn't stun me to see them struggling against the Patriots. And that game, the margin of victory for the Patriots last week should have been bigger than it was. So natural fact, that scoreline flattered the Chargers somewhat. But this is such an overreaction to the Chargers losing last week and to the Eagles having the chance to play against a really bad team last week and run up the score. The Chargers should be heavier favorites. I'm taking the Chargers to win and the Chargers to cover.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I think, you know, the Eagles game was pretty lopsided against the Lions and the Chargers are are just better. Like they're just absolutely better. So, yeah, I'll take the two points pretty handsomely.
0: Yeah, I'm going to uh, take the Chargers as well. Philly hasn't won at home yet this season and they haven't won back to back games. So, uh, yeah, I think this is a I'm with Eddie. I think this is a major overreaction and the Chargers are a significantly better team than the Eagles.
2: Uh, Cardinals are the 49ers, and the forty are two point favorites. So the understanding here is that Murray didn't practice, if I understand, because the line was about two to the Cardinals, and then he has so not. So it's practiced. now one in,
1: But now one and a half. I will say, yeah, and we can keep the two because we always we have the rule of the time that they're written down. But it's one and a half, so it's unclear as to. Obviously, he looked pretty. He has an ankle injury coming off of the game against the Packers he's just been beaten up all year anyway i'm going to say i'm taking the niners and it's not some it's not because i'm fully back on the niners are winning the super bowl bandwagon but
0: wait it does i have a question like, is this you're assuming murray is this regardless of whether kyler murray is playing or not regardless i mean if he doesn't play this line shifts to what niners minus 5 but i think you it's. Don't think so. i think it's shifted accordingly that they think he's not going to play already
1: you think that if he doesn't so if,
0: play at all this line so you think if kyler murray is playing and they've already beaten the niners once that so I think they if, would not be favored
1: no so wh- i think this is a line of we're not sure if he's playing but it's looking more likely that he won't so the niners have become favorites if he plays then I mean the opening line for this was Cardinals minus two I think it would go back to that the minus one to minus two range as the, with the Cardinals favorite it, they'd obviously be heavier favorites if they had a fully healthy Kyler Murray but the line is going to be affected by the fact that he'll be limited one way or the other no matter what I think if on Sunday if between now and Sunday it's clear that he isn't and that Colt McCoy is starting for the Cardinals, then this is going to be Niners minus five. Do you? Because it's also not just an injury to Connor Murray. Hopkins is beaten up. They have injuries elsewhere. Their offense as a whole is starting to look Niners-esque, shall we say, where just it's going to get worn down by all of those injuries, and whereas the Niners are getting healthier. So I feel pretty confident in that pick.
2: Do you ever get to the point where you just deliberately rest him for the sake of him constantly getting beaten up, or would you never do that in a divisional game?
0: I think if they'd won last
1: week, then you could contemplate resting him. I think the danger is momentum can shift in your season. And they were really riding a wave, right? As the only, like the last undefeated team and having doubters, but still week in, week out showing everyone that maybe they were the best team in the NFL. And you just run a slight risk that you get two two losses on the bounce and suddenly the wheels do start to come off a bit because, Mm -hmm. but if you do look ahead at their schedule So they play the Niners this week. Then they play the Panthers, the Seahawks, and the Bears. So three games you would expect them to win. I could see the temptation there of let's rest him for this game. Maybe we can win it. But if we have him back next week, then we can guarantee that we win three in a row straight away and that we're then set up for their tough game against the Rams, which obviously is taking on more and more significance every week
2: um, Murray or not I think I'm going to take the Cardinals here I, I, they are a good outfit they've also had a long long break haven't they We're coming off the, the Thursday game to play in now in the late one so I, I just think they're slightly better you could play the Black Eyed if you want Eddie I got a feeling yeah, I'm kind of enjoying this actually. No, I'm in. I'm in. Cardinals undercover. Frank is he, is he <laughs> asleep?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. I think Frank's.
1: I think Frank's just sad that he doesn't have like a, a jingle, a little drop to uh, drop to come in after
0: his picks. Now, yeah, you're right. I kind of I, I need my jingle. I I'm gonna go with the cards.
2: Saying, we can just play him saying uh, you're listening to the Big Chill Podcast for every
0: <laughs>
2: Frank, what do you think?
0: You're listening to the Big Chill Podcast. Cards are 6-2 against the spread this season. Niners are 2-5 and five against the spread. I'll stick with the Cardinals to win, Cardinals to cover, and Murray to just tear it up.
2: Um, Packers at the Chiefs. Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites. Is this a conspiracy, as you mentioned, Eddie?
1: I mean, I don't really think that it is. It has definitely robbed us of what would have been the most interesting game of the weekend in that you would have had a team. You know, I know Frank is still very much on the fence when it comes to the Packers. This would have been an opportunity for the Packers to kind of put the nail in a team that they are competing with. For the Super Bowl, and it would have been a real test of exactly where the Chiefs are right now, because we're in this situation now where for a long time it was easy to blame just the defense, and now the defense has kind of stepped up a little bit. Admittedly, not necessarily against the highest caliber of opposition, but it's the offense that's fallen off a cliff. And this would have been the game where, if their defense has stepped up, it wouldn't have been able to doubt the quality of that performance. And if their offense had been able to go toe to toe with the Packers offense, then again, it would have felt as if they were kind of riding the ship. Whereas now it just feels like if they can't beat a quarterback making his first competitive appearance in two years, and if they can't beat a quarterback who never made an appearance in the NFL, who has only had a few days to prepare with, you know, for the first team and to get first team snaps, then they are worse than I think we even thought they were. I'm going to take the Chiefs. Wow. <laughs> worse the-
0: than they thought they were. Yeah, I don't have a quote for that one.
1: I th- I'm going to take the Chiefs to win and the Chiefs to cover. I don't love it, though. Cause you don't Jordan love it? T- <laughs> no. I'm still a little bit worried that this Packers team might be good enough and this Chiefs team might be really bad. But um, I can't take... I can't talk myself into taking a rookie of, when I say rookie quarterback, a, a quarterback making their absolute first appearance against Patrick Mahomes. I just can't do it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm with you same way. I probably would have taken the Packers had Rodgers been playing, but I have to go with the Chiefs here to win. I'll go with the Chiefs to cover as well just because first start in a big game in Arrowhead that's going to be tough. So I'll take Mahomes.
2: I I keep getting stung by the Chiefs on the points, so I still think as Eddie said, the Chiefs offense is is pretty wobbly at the moment and really prone to turnovers, and I think that that's still going to be the case occasionally, and I think the Packers are kind of good enough to post points themselves, so I'll take the Chiefs to win, but I'll I'll take the Packers on the points to cover. Um titans at the rams and the rams are seven and a half point favorites
0: this is a great matchup and i just because henry is out i don't think i don't think the titans are that much worse of a team i I mean yeah he's amazing i don't think listen there's a reason yes henry is an exceptional running back But at the same time, you have to have a good offensive line and you have to have a good running game for him to even get some of those holes he gets. So I think if you can plug in another running back and get him to about 70% of what Henry can do, I think their offense is still good enough and there's still enough talent on that offense and their defense still gets a good amount of turnovers and can hold teams to field goals. I think they can still be competitive. I will take the Rams to win here, but I will take the Titans to cover. I think that is a little overreaction with a seven and a half point spread to losing a running back in a league where running backs don't matter. Frank, does your butt
2: hurt? I'm not (laughs) going to just answer answer the question, Frank.
1: (laughs) just i just thought it would be a little bit uncomfortable to do all the the fence sitting you just did telling <laughs> us for a while while it's not going to be such a massive drop off for the titans but then taking the rams
0: <laughs> yeah i mean i i still think i think the rams are the best team in the nfl so i'm going to take the rams to win but i think it'll be closer than i i i think that is an unfair line to the titans team who has played well and has beaten a very, But you're still taking the Rams minus the points. No, I'm taking the Titans to cover. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: no, taking the Rams to win, but Titans to cover. I'll, I'm going to say the exact opposite of what Frank just said. I think the, uh, the Titans offense is just well and truly done. They are so reliant on Henry for everything they do. The threat of Henry sets up their pass game. We kind of had this discussion a couple of weeks ago, right? It makes everything they do better. And more to the point, their whole entire game plan is designed around the fact that they're going to have be able to have a running back who has a hundred plus yards every game and that they can try and dominate time of possession and sort of just bully other teams with the way they just run the ball down their throats. I'm taking the Rams to win the Rams to cover. And I think this is the the Titans are going to make the playoffs because they're going to just win that division because they already have a, significant enough lead and they're gonna play enough bad teams that it won't matter. But they're gonna get absolutely demolished in the first round of the playoffs now.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with Eddie. I've not got much to add to that. I think I think the Rams in seven and a half is good. So I'm I'm taking them into cover. I actually missed a game, but we'll go to that one at the end because it's an absolute Christmas cracker. Um the Bears at the Steelers and the Steelers are six point favorites. Frank Happy with that Steelers performance against the Browns?
0: This is another one that pains me to have to take. <laughs> I want to be able to bet against the Steelers because they are just not a good team. But the Bears are an even worse team. <laughs> as good as Justin Fields looked on that one play against the Niners where he ran around and made an amazing touchdown, the rest of that game and the the rest of his Game tape over these past few weeks has not been impressive to say the least. So going up against a team that has a good pass rush and has Hayward and TJ Watt in there and TJ Watt already has eight and a half sacks. Uh, it's going to be a long. I mean, I think fields has the most sacks in the NFL already. And he's only been in for what, three or four weeks. So yeah, uh, this is not going to be good for the bears. And unfortunately I'm going to take the Steelers to win and the Steelers to cover.
2: Yeah, um, I'm. I'm the same. I think the Steelers have got the defense to kind of get to um, get to fields, and the fact that people already get into him with pretty much any with pretty much ease. I think that's a pretty easy one. So yeah, Steelers um, to cover.
1: Same. Clean sweep.
2: So the cracker I was talking about was the Dolphins at the Texans, and the Dolphins are five and a half point favorites.
1: Well, I'm glad we saved this one for last, because I'm going to get to do a little nice little other audio drop right now. This is my survivor pick of the week.
2: I didn't I expect taken...
0: that. Wow. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I
1: have taken the dolphins as my survivor pick of the week, so I'm obviously going to pick them to win, and I'm going to take them to cover the points. Yeah, I just think that the Texans are in free fall. And the Dolphins have been really bad, and obviously only won one game. Fundamentally have been competitive in pretty much every game they've played in, even when the opposition has been good. So I think they will keep trying. And I just think they're just, the Texans are... I think the Texans are the worst team in the league. It's kinda of close between them and the Lions. But I do think the Lions have I think the Lions have now given up. But the Texans are the worst. And yeah, I expect the, the Dolphins to be able to get their, their second win here.
2: I know you only need money line, but um that game against the Rams was infuriating for uh points betters, right? Because it was it was a complete open shut case really early on and then what did they score at the end? Like twenty one in pretty quick succession, which meant that the line of the 16 and a half weren't covered. Uh, it was it was infuriating to watch the Texans just post all those kind of like, well, the Rams kind of absolutely shit the bed, basically. But I'm with you. I think the Texans are atrocious. I think the Dolphins are a little better, but not by much. But yeah, I, I just can't take the Texans in any confidence to get close to this. So.
0: The Texans have one good thing going for them. Tyrod Taylor is back, so they can get rid of Davis Mills, finally, and put him back on the bench where he belongs. I don't think that's going to be enough because the rest of their team has given up. So I will take the Dolphins to win. I'm a little on the fence about the spread. Wondering if Tyrod Taylor can do enough to keep it close. I will take the Texans with the spread. Right,
1: I guess we can move on to... uh... Bet of the week then. A little bit of a catastrophic week for each of us last week. In my selections, I was undone by the Bengals. So I lost forty thousand
0: to drop back down to I like the way you say that. It makes you sound like you legitimately lost forty thousand (laughs) dollars. Rough week. Lost forty thousand in my
1: bets. (laughs) To drop to drop all the way back down to my starting point of a hundred thousand dollars. Sam, you also lost on the Bengals, Bengals, and you lost 15,000. You are now heading towards bankruptcy. You're down to 35,000. And Frank, you lost on the Browns. And so, (laughs) undone by the Steelers, the irony of it all. But uh, you're now down to uh, 68,000. My bet of the week. This is going to be the first time I throw a non NFL game. College into football into my bet. No. No, no. Some some Premier League action for the first time. So my first selection is going to be Manchester City to beat Manchester United in the Manchester derby on the lunchtime during the lunchtime kickoff on Saturday. They are 7 to 10. To win that game. And with that, I am going to throw in the Cowboys money line, the Dolphins money line,
0: and the Niners money line. You really want to double dip on that Dolphins? (laughs) Is it the survivor pick enough? (laughs) No. And I
1: am going to do just 10,000. And the odds of that are 4.14. Okay.
0: I'm going to go for it a little bit here. I'm going to only bet 10,000, but I'm going to go... I'm going to take the advice that my picks are in the spreads. So I'm going to go Chargers against the spread, Patriots against the spread, Cowboys against the spread, and I'm going to throw in a horse, since I will be at the Breeders' Cup, race six at the breeders cup which is nicely called the big ass fans breeders cup dirt mile and i will go with the favorite life is good because after that life will be good because that is 10.3
2: are you take? so you're taking the odds now or are you taking sp
0: taking the odds now
2: which are
0: eight to eleven It's a heavy favorite. It's an odds-on favorite. And 10.3 overall for the bet. And once again, that race, in case you missed it, is the big-ass fans Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile.
2: All right. I'm going for a bit of a cricket flair to mine. So uh, I'm going for New Zealand um, to beat Namibia, uh, India to beat Scotland, Australia to beat the West.
1: <laughs> aren't New Zealand like, aren't they like 1 to 25
0: to beat Namibia? Yep.
2: 1 to 25. And India are 1 to 40 to beat Scotland.
0: <laughs> These are the tips you can only get on the Big These Chill Podcast. Are the
2: tips. These are the tips. Then I've gone Australia to beat West Indies, 4 to 11. Uh, England to beat South Africa, 4 to 9. And then the Bills and the Cowboys money line. And it is a is 1.79. And I'm going to put 15 on it.
1: You are walking such a tightrope there with some of, I mean, T20, right? It's hard to have too much confidence in some of the selections anyway. I mean, okay, beating Namibia and beating Scotland, those would be massive upsets. Although not, upsets on a scale that are not unheard of. But, I mean, to put the West Indies into a bed one way or the other is such a roll of the dice I mean, this is Chris Gale's final appearance for the West Indies, I think. as they are now knocked out following their oh. defeat to Sri Lanka today.
0: I'm going to have to watch that. Do you think he just goes so, for it? I mean, not that he doesn't always go for it, but do you think he <laughs> extra special goes for it? Do you think he tries to hit one out of the stadium?
1: The I think the the universe boss will try and sign off in style. I'm going to have Whether to watch he that. he can is... A, so far, this tournament... He has not been impressive, but maybe he puts in one big final go of it and takes them down in the process.
2: (laughs) I just think (laughs) Australia look a really good outfit. England look even better. Um, And New Zealand and India should be formality.
0: England, I'm going to duke a curse, but England look good right now. They look solid.
1: I think the advantage England have when you compare them with the other nations is just the, the strength and depth in batting. It's impossible to see that anywhere else. And it's not only just in terms of players who are capable of putting together good innings, it's the explosiveness that you have far down and still the possibility. England can be 40 for four and still have a chance of putting 180 up on the board. Yep. And there are no other countries with that. The ability to dig themselves out of such a massive hole from a batting perspective, but there are teams with better bowling attacks than England have. So I think New Zealand are probably the most well-rounded team in the tournament, but I think it's hard to look past England because it's just, you need everyone to misfire, And as long as two of their batsmen turn up, then you're in trouble. I mean, you saw that against Sri Lanka with Butler. Yeah, Eddie's most Indian overrated cricketer. cricketer. No, I think he's not good enough to play Test match cricket. <laughs> I think he is the best. I think he's the best white ball batsman in the world.
0: The best white batsman? Know. Come on, Eddie. This is not. He's, he's, <laughs> that's not what you can say on this podcast.
1: Uh, here, I gotta. All right, we got We got some th- something for you then, Frank.
2: Racist Thanks. comments always get a little drama. <laughs> Eddie, I
0: have to say, when you were doing the the drama for your Dolphins pick, I thought the buildup was for the least watched game of the week. I thought yes, that's what the that build-up was exactly going to be for. Where
2: I went, <laughs> Eddie just came out oh, right. monotone and was like, "This is my survival. This pick. is my
0: non-watch game."
1: All right, I'll 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 tell you what. Between now and next Thursday, I'll put in even more effort and have. Drops for almost every game, and <laughs> and our podcast will just be drops from now on. It will just be sound bites.
0: Big Chill podcast in the Morning Zoo. <laughs> All right, so anything else you guys got? All right, well, don't think so. I'm gonna miss you at the races. It's uh, it's gonna be disappointing to see Ryan Moore and not be drinking pims on the. The lawn of Ascot.
1: <laughs> there might—you never know. There might be some pims there. Ascot won't be there. Ascot won't
0: be there. If they can't <laughs> transport the grass. <laughs> be a very weird thing if they did. Here's a patch of Ascot <laughs> at Del Mar. All right. Well, I'll talk to you boys later.
2: See you. Cheerio.